It's on the clock with Nick Lebrano and Gabe Baltera here on VIC Radio. Hello and welcome to On the Clock here on VIC Radio. I'm your host, Nick Lebrano, alongside me, my co-host, Gabe Baltiera. How you feeling this morning, Gabe? I'm feeling good, Nick. We also got a special guest in the studio, Noah Scott. Welcome welcome to the show today. Welcome. Our, our Thank you. Self-taught hockey expert. <laughs> I don't know about expert, but I do love I'm going to go with hockey. expert because that's the title you sent in when you wanted to be a host. So, yep. All right. Self-taught hockey expert <laughs> Noah Scott here on the show this morning. But before we get into hockey, let's recap some football. Talk about what happened Thursday, a little bit what's going to happen tomorrow. Looking on Thursday, the Packers played the Cardinals. Packers took the game 24-21 to with absolutely no wide receiver core. Gabe, your initial thoughts on the Packers beating the Cardinals in this game? I mean, this is a pretty impressive game by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, as you said, they had no wide receivers. And they came into, Green Bay came into this game, everyone thought they were going to lose. They were like, no way is this Green Bay team going to beat this, at the time, 6-0 and Cardinals team. With Kyler Murray, seven all those seven zero, seven zero, even better, and it you know what really surprised me is how well and how composed Aaron Rodgers played this game because most quarterbacks would be like, "Oh, I have no wide receivers, we're going to lose." Nope, gave an amazing performance. Aaron Jones, I mean, it was just it was such a good performance, and it goes to show how good this Green Bay team is without wide receivers, yeah. let alone. And I think, like, one thing that's super telling about the Packers is, like, they seem like they're a super air team. You know, they got Devontae Adams, and they got Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard's not that great, yeah, but <laughs> they have Devontae Adams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Aaron Jones can be involved in the passing game. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers, and you have all you have all the talents that Aaron Rodgers has. They're a passing team. But the Packers dedicated themselves to the ground, you know. Looking at the rushing breakdown on the box score, A.J. Dillon, 16 carries, 78 yards. That's 4.9 yards a carry. That's, a that's pretty impressive. That's really good. And then Aaron Jones also, 15 carries, 59 yards and a TD. Aaron Jones also making his presence felt through the air, a team leading seven receptions for 51 yards. So Aaron Jones definitely all over the field for the Packers, but... One thing you got to say about the Packers, they did dedicate themselves to the run game, and it worked, especially against a stout, what is a stout Cardinals front seven. Right. You know, when you got featuring players like Chandler Jones uh, and then Isaiah Simmons who can stuff the box, it's really actually pretty, it's an intimidating team to run against. It is. And the Packers dedicated themselves to it, and it really did pay off. And the one player that really impressed me for the Packers was A.J. Dillon. That's exactly what I was going to say. A.J. Dillon, you know, he hasn't gotten an insane amount of touches in his career so far. Second-round pick last year. Uh, this is his second season in the NFL, um, but I th- he had that really monster game against the Titans in his rookie year. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that, yeah. But this game against the Cardinals, A.J. Dillon was that workhorse back they needed, and they just could do huge. I mean, he, he played, he had a phenomenal game. I remember watching the game, he he would just blow through that defense every time without, yeah. a, without a hesitation. That really impressed me because he had, he had a good season last year. I wouldn't say, he had a, you know, he was a rookie, so, you know. That he has not kind a of pro like, yeah, wide, not a pro, running yeah. back, but but yet. this game he really showed up and like him, Aaron Jones, both like we knew that they were going to run the ball a decent amount. Yeah, but I was surprised also by Aaron Jones because he was going out wide. Mm-hmm. He was making some pretty big catches out there. Yeah, he really was. And that's that's what's so special I think about a lot of players with Packer teams. They can do multiple things. Um, and when you're down a man, you know it's that next man up mentality. And the Packers have a drive this year. Seven straight wins now to move to seven and one. Uh, 
currently sitting at first place in the NFC, barring you know whoever wins games and stuff. But Packers de- Packers take over the cardinal spot in the NFC, and then if Tampa loses this weekend, then you know maybe you start thinking are the Packers are the Packers the best team in the NFC? Because it might have been a thought, but the Packers beating the Cardinals like that without their top the top three wide receivers it's is it's a statement win. And also, like going back to Week One, remember in Week One they just got demolished. Yeah, but and everyone's but like, oh, this this Green Bay oh, team is season's over. Season's over. Look at them now. The seven and one, they're rolling. I mean, like I remember Week One, everyone's like, I remember reading in the news and ESPN, they're like, nah, Green Bay's over. Aaron Rodgers is old. It's not happening. And then like, oh, just kidding. Yeah, like seven to one, beat the Cardinals, who are going undefeated. Only they, they were like only the undefeated team in the NFL. Team. Yeah, only undefeated team in the NFL without wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not counting Green Bay out right now because yeah, they look I'm, like a team. You, how can you count Green Bay out right now? They yeah. are they're they're flying right now. Mm-hmm. And flipping on to the Cardinal side of the ball, let's talk a little bit about the team itself. You know, the Cardinals didn't have a terrible game. Kyler Murray. A little unimpressive for what he's done so far this year. 274 passing yards, no touchdowns, two picks. Uh, and then they really couldn't get really much going on the ground. They're looking at the stat breakdown, you know, Chase Edmonds did have a rushing touchdown, his first of the season. Uh, Connor had two rushing touchdowns. They only used Connor exclusively really in the red zone. Uh, D-Hop had two nice catches. As a whole, they really couldn't get much going on the passing game. And then look at the final play of the game when Kyler Murray throws that ball to A.J. Green that gets picked. A- AJ Green not even looking for the football. Yeah, AJ Green had even... back turned the entire play. So I don't really know what the miscommunication was there on that last play of the game. Uh, it just looked like it looked like AJ Green thought he was supposed to be a decoy on yeah. there for like Christian Kirk or Andy Isabella maybe to make the play. Uh, but that's obviously not what happened, and ends up being a pick. And the, I've already seen headlines. People are blaming A.J. Green exclusively <laughs> for the loss. And I, I don't really know if it's A.J. Green's fault. He had a team leading five receptions, 50 yards. Like, Kyler didn't really play that well. And he was hurt at the end of the game. Yeah, He was limping throughout that entire last play and limped off the field. And he left He left the game in a cast. Oh, so, oh that's right. That's right, he did. We he w- did. I think it was maybe a walking boot. But we will see what's up with Kyler Murray. It, is he hurt? How long is he going to miss time if he is? It's a huge blow That's to the Cardinals. It's a huge Cardinals, blow. He especially is, yeah. competing in the NFC West, which is probably the hardest division in football right yeah. now. You know, they got to play the Cardinals. Uh, the, the Cardinals. They are the Cardinals. <laughs> they got to play the Rams. Uh, and the 49ers, and the 49ers haven't looked terrible this year. That defense is back to how it really looked when they were on that Super Bowl run. Maybe not the offense, but defense is stout. And without Kyler Murray, I don't. it's going to be hard for I think. It, I think, yeah, if you lose Kyler Murray, it's going to be tough. Because yeah. he is like, who's the second back? Who's who's second string for them? I don't even know who. I can't second, even think of their second string. It was Drew? Nah, Drew Stanton was there a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, because I can't even think of their their. But, you know what? And that's that's that shows that, how yeah, scary but, it should be for the Cardinals. <laughs> they lose Kyler yeah. Murray because we can't even name. Because if you can't even name QB two, I mean Colt McCoy. Actually, Colt McCoy. Yeah. He's not a terrible backup quarterback, but at the same time, he's not Kyler Murray, and they they use Kyler Murray in ways in this offense mm-hmm. where Kyler they do a lot of bootlegs and they do oh, a lot yeah. of run. They do a lot of um, RPOs, but the RPOs aren't involving running backs; they're involving Kyler Murray. Yeah, on the option. So we'll see. We'll I see. Mean, it takes a huge element out of the offense because they like using Kyler's mobility to to their advantage. Yeah, and then speaking of like another injury on the defensive side, JJ Watt. Out potentially for out for the year. It, no, it's sh- confirmed. Oh, it's confirmed. The year. He has to get surgery on his, on a torn labrum. I mean, yeah. th- th- like, let's be honest. It's J.J. Watt. We know he, this dude is injury prone. He's been injury prone 
since day one of the Texans. I yeah. mean, he just keeps getting hurt. I mean, you know, with I think it's also he is a little bit older, uh, which might yeah. be a little to his disadvantage, but. He was like, I think he's like 35. J.J. Watt is 32. 32. But, but like, you know, when J.J. Watt's on the field, he he is super, yeah. super talented, and he is one of the better players on the field no matter when he's on the field. It's just a matter of can he stay on the field. Yeah. And ugh, another year with another injury for J.J. Watt. It's just, it's, just, it's just hard to watch. It's really sad, the talent, but... I mean, he was supposed to be a leader. I mean, he was well, a leader well, for the regard, past. Regardless of what you say, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, 100%. Yeah, just, no question. 32. 32. Um, Multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year winner. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but, you know, it, it hurts him getting into that conversation of, is he as good as, like, LT? Or mm. some of these fantastic pass rushers in NFL history, you know, it's going to hurt his conversation to get there because he couldn't consistently stay healthy throughout his yeah. career. But when he's on the field, he's nuts. Oh yeah, hundred that, percent. That's the take. That's the given the take you get. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. moving off of the Thursday night game that we have already seen. You know, let's look at let's preview some games that we're going to see tomorrow. Gabe, give me your game of the weekend. So right now, just off of initial looks. Off of initial looks. Ooh, that's a good one. I think. Whew, let me take a look see here. Uh, I want to say Bucks Saints. That's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be. An it should be a good game. game, actually. You know, I think. Tampa's been kind of flying high right now. Yeah, yeah Brady Saints. throwing like five touchdowns a game. <laughs> Saints not so much, but I think, you know, Buck Saints is always a good game. Hey, the Saints are still 4-2. and two. So, And you wouldn't expect it, and they're quietly 4-2, and two, but they're quietly they're in quietly a playoff position. Two. Yeah. Um, and look, just looking at the teams, both the teams' breakdowns, you know, an interdivisional matchup, you can never rule those games out. Those games are always different. You can never yep. rule how good a team is when they're playing a divisional opponent. Exactly. So Bucks at Saints, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. You know, Jameis Winston has <laughs> been you know he's been Jameis Winston this year. <laughs> That's the best way to really put it. He's yep. had the highest of highs and the absolute just lowest of lows in terms of throwing the football. Uh, and this is the first meeting between these two these two clubs this year. Uh, they won't meet again until December nineteenth. So. This is going to be a first initial introduction of the teams this year, but we'll have to see what's what's going to happen there. Gabe, what's your take on the game? I think it's going to be a Bucks win. I mean, you know, as much as I like to say it'd be somewhat of a even match. I mean, I, we just seen, I still think it's going to be a Bucks win as well. Yeah, like we we've seen Tom Brady and his team this past couple of weeks. It's just like they're they're flying high. They're doing mm-hmm. so well. Um, and then going to like the Saints. Like, don't get me wrong, Jameis Winston's good, but going up against Tampa Bay. You know, James maybe Wilson's they'll put good, up, but he's not fantastic. He's not fantastic. Like if it was Drew B, like last year when we watched, it was like you know you could go either way. Yeah, mm-hmm. remember, like week when uh, last year the first time they played each other, it was like an All Saints game. Like the, the Saints like totally blew out the box. And yeah, you go the back first again, game of the year. Yeah, it was crazy. And then you go back to like I think it was like towards the end of the season, like week fifteen, week sixteen. The Saints blew the Bucks again, right? No, no, no. no. Bucks, Bucks uh, won against the Saints. Oh, I'm see, pretty, I thought, oh, actually, no, no, no. You're you're wrong. You, I, I'm wrong. You're right. The the Saints did. Yeah, did, they blew the Bucks twice, but not last as bad. Year. Not as bad. Yeah. And then you go to like an actual playoff game and the Bucks win. So you mm-hmm. never know. You never know. You know, quietly, like the really the player that is the reason why. The Saints are four and two. Is Alvin Kamara? Oh, 100 percent. No one's talking about it, but Alvin Kamara is having a incredible season for the Saints right now. You know, looking in terms of what he's done this year, only run one rushing TD to talk about. You know, that's obviously you want to see more than one rushing TD. He has four receiving touchdowns, 241 receiving yards, 419 rushing yards. So that's almost 
it's over six hundred, about six hundred fifty total yards of offense. I mean, that's uh, impressive. Is through seven weeks, that's pretty good. Oh, eight weeks, excuse me. That's really good. Uh, and the Saints are quiet, as we said, quietly four and two. But I am going to take the Buccaneers there. I think another interdivisional matchup that we should look out for this weekend. You know, two teams that are really looking for wins, especially in a tough AFC North. Steelers Browns. Oh yeah. The Steelers are sitting three and three. Browns four and three. It's the one I pulled up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, if you want to get on the conversation, what are your thoughts on this game? You know, uh, the Browns haven't they been on a losing streak? They've and... they what's it called? They're le- in their last four. They're one and three. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, they are definitely looking for a easy win, but I don't think they're going to get that out of a Steelers defense. No, the uh, Steelers the Steelers have a good defense reliable so far this season, and the Steelers have been on a. Hot streak. I mean, they did win their last two weeks. Uh, they lost before that to the Packers, I believe. Yeah. So I, I definitely think they want to keep that win streak going. But uh, I don't know if I trust Big Ben enough to uh, keep that streak going. You know, yeah. we'll see. Like, looking at, like, who the Steelers have beaten in the last two games. You know, they beat the Broncos. The Broncos have been on a slide. And then they beat the Geno Smith Seahawks. Yeah, so it's not – you're not going against two – like, eh, decent, but – like also They do have that one impressive Bills win. Yeah, but that was with Baker Mayfield, and that was with. We're talking about the. Oh, talking about the. Oh, my bad, my bad. I thought we were talking about the Browns here. No, no, the yeah, no. Steelers. Yes, with Geno Smith, and yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and is is Baker Mayfield even going to play this uh-huh. week? Yeah. He, is, he is. He's supposed to play. He's and Nick Chubb. Nick and Nick Chubb Chubb's is, back been, too. So that's huge. Uh, Kareem Hunt still out. Kareem but Hunt's still out. Nick Chubb is in fine feature yeah. back. You know, they are one of those teams that are just so lucky to have two running backs that could start on any team in the NFL. Yeah. They really locked down that, and I think injury-wise, it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's good that Nick uh, Nick Chubb got injured, but he did get injured a little bit mm-hmm. before Kareem Hunt, so he yeah. kind of got that leeway. He was and, practicing this week, and he'll be back for yeah, Sunday. And even speaking about just like you know, we're talking about division rivalries, the Saints and the Buccaneers. This is an even bigger division rivalry, the Steelers and the Browns. You know, you look at the history in the last couple of years. You know, the Miles Garrett incident oh. where he took the helmet and then he hit uh, uh, Mason, Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Uh, when he was quarterbacking the Steelers that year, you know, this is a really, it's going to be a tough game. They These teams always play hard against each other. It, it's just that kind of rivalry. These two teams despise each other. This is a big rivalry game. I remember, yeah. uh, I think this is before the Mason Rudolph incident, there was another incident, I think it was 2018 or 2019, with uh, Juju Smith. Remember, oh, was remember that? He oh, got, that he, it was the Bengals. Was it the Bengals? Yeah, the, the Bengals yeah, also had that crazy game. Yeah. Uh, with oh, Vontez Perfect. Yeah. So yeah. you know, th- there's a lot of uh, interesting rivalries out there that mm-hmm. w- have led to some serious, serious you know injuries yeah. and stuff. But L- leading to who I'm gonna take for the game, you already know my answer. I'm gonna take the Browns. <laughs> I hate the Steelers. Well, I don't hate the Steelers. Uh, I don't think Big Ben should be playing football anymore. Yeah. I rant about it every week. Big Ben is literally just a traffic pylon sitting in the pocket. <laughs> He's just waiting to get sacked. He can't move more than a foot. And I, against looking at the dude, if you look at the Browns' pass rush, dude, he's gonna have Miles Garrett on his tail almost every play. I, my, I don't know how. I don't know if there are any O linemen. There are definitely some O linemen that can block Miles Garrett, but not many. Yeah, and not many. I think that Miles Garrett's gonna have a field day breaking through that Steelers Steelers O line because if he breaks through the Steelers O line, oh, it's it. And Najee Harris isn't there to block. Uh, Big it's Ben's over. going down. It's over, man. And we Big know Ben's that going down. Ship going down. We know that Steelers' offensive line cannot hold much because mm-hmm. they're very, you know, 
they're not they're not the best O line. And Miles Garrett with his power and strength will blow through that offensive line. The, the Browns defense is actually pretty good. They have a yeah, really stout they, defense they and now defense. added Jadavian Clowney too on the other side. You know, Jadavian Clowney, no one hasn't talked about him for a few seasons, but Jadavian Clowney still has impact. Yeah. And you know, when you throw both of them on each side of the line and then you'll have people running up the middle. It, I mean, we'll it's going to be. Happens. We'll see. I think it's going to be a tough game for I'm gonna the take, Steelers. I'm going to take the Browns over the Steelers for sure. Oh yeah. No, what's your take? You know what? I, I, I like the Steelers. I'm not going to lie, but I kind of agree with what you're saying about the Browns. Uh, Big Ben, he hasn't been doing too hot this season. I feel like the reason the Steelers have been keeping it in the game is because of their defense. But I think that defense might be able to crumble if mm-hmm. Baker is on his game because isn't this his first game back since when? I think he only missed one week. Oh really? Yeah. 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 Oh. So I'm also going to go. Browns over Steelers. Which, I mean, he's he's not good. Yeah, he's not good. He's just not that good. We'll talk. We'll talk. I want to talk more so teams than matchups. We'll yeah. go through three matchups and more so just focus on these teams. Yeah. First team I want to talk about. Speaking of teams that are rolling right now and are go and are playing hot football, let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans have looked the last couple games. Man, they have really, really looked so well. Uh, they have not only beat the Chiefs 27-3, to they also beat the Bills the week before that. The Bills are arguably the top team in the AFC right now. You know, talk about the Chiefs. All, we'll talk about the Chiefs in a little bit, yeah. what's going on with the Chiefs. But they beat the Bills 234-27, to and Derrick Henry just, oh my, no one can stop him this year. He unstoppable this year. Gabe, what, did you, what is your take on the Titans? What's your take on the Titans-Colts game as a whole? Well, yeah, I think, you know, the Titans are looking very good, you know, especially coming off a win against the Chiefs and then a win against the Bills. You know, but what kind of threw me was, you know, you go back a couple more weeks and then they lose to the Jets. Or, I mean, that, that yeah, that's kind a, that's of a big loss. A little bit of, like, I was like, okay, you know, that, that game was like, wow, is this, is this Titans team, like, what's going on? And then you go back a little bit more. Cardinals lost. It's not bad. They got Bears. smashed by the Cardinals that game. Well, pardon me. The Bears was pardon me. That was preseason. I'm going too far back. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, Cardinals. So it's like this team is good. I think they're getting a little bit of. Their, they're picking up their pace. They know yeah. what's going on. And I think against the Colts, I mean, I'm going to go Titans on this one. Like they, they're on a hot streak. They're playing well. Derrick Henry's looking unstoppable. Yeah, Titans have won their last three. Granted, you know, one of the games against the Jaguars, but they did beat the. They ha- as I said before, they beat the Bills and the Chiefs. So. Two huge wins, and now they're going to roll and play a division opponent in the Colts. Uh, I think they come out with a dub, and then they prep for what's going to be a really, really hard game next week when they got to play the Rams. That's going to be that, in I think two that, weeks. They have a bye after this week. Yeah, but they'll have to play the Rams, and that's going to be that's going to be the that's that's when the gauntlet starts. Yeah, I think the the game against the Rams will really prove this Titans team. Like, are yeah. they legit? Mm-hmm. We'll see against the Rams. You know, there are a lot of question marks. They did not start the season anywhere near where they probably would have wanted to start the season. You know, losing to the Titans and losing to the Jets, especially, mm-hmm. they didn't look like a strong team. Yeah, they to didn't start look- the year, but you know, the last couple of weeks, the last three weeks especially, they look like a totally different team. I don't know, Mike Rabel's adjustments uh, mid-season right now have been really good. Yeah, I don't know what he's been doing, but you know, they looked like they lost Arthur Smith to the Falcons. Arthur Smith's now the head coach of the Falcons, and everyone was like, "Oh, can this offense be sustainable?" But they they went back to what they do best and it's running the football. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's, it's working, working out. It's working. You know, five and two now. You know, and it, it it's working. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it continues to work. But I think as we said before, Rams is going to be their biggest test or one of their biggest one tests of their to biggest see tests. if this team is legit and could be a contender for the mm-hmm. playoffs. Yeah. So looking, looking next, I think the next team we should talk about. Uh, speaking of teams, we're just going to talk about teams that are hot, and then we'll go to the, well, then we'll go to the Chiefs, yeah. <laughs> the Bengals. 
I'm Bengals. surprised. The, yeah. I, I would say the Bengals are probably the biggest surprise of the year so far, sitting at 5-2 and two in first place in the AFC North. And Jamar Chase, easy for honor for oh, offensive rookie of the year. That's not even a question. But I mean, I, I kind of had a, a hunch that this Bengals team was going to kind of pull it out because just, just seeing, like, yes, last year without Joe Burrow, it was kind of tough on them. But now you look with Joe Burrow, I mean, this team looks – like a whole new, brand new team. Yeah, and especially the addition of adding Jamar Chase in the draft. You know, in the draft, I didn't really get why the Bengals took Jamar Chase. Uh, yeah. I was really, I was like, why aren't you taking Panay Sewell? Mm-hmm. They need to rebuild that O-line. So I really thought they would take Panay Sewell there, but they took Jamar Chase. And it's definitely making sense now because Jamar Chase and the connection that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have... It, crazy. crazy, and then when you add T. Higgins in as that red zone target, they've been using him as, and you also have Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon's playing really well this year. They're getting the blocking out of their O line. The only thing is the Bengals defense hasn't played spectacularly. They yeah. were really good against the Ravens last week. I mean, yeah, let's talk about the Ravens. Forty-one to seventeen, they beat the Baltimore Ravens. Let's talk about that because the Ravens are not a bad team. No, they have played really well this year, and especially in the absence of having no running backs, but the Bengals destroyed the them. The Bengals destroyed the Ravens. And Jamar Chase had a statement game for sure. Eight receptions, 201 yards, and one touchdown. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it blows my mind because like this is a team, the Ravens team is a very strong team, and then they come and they lose by a good margin. Yeah. By almost 30 points. Look, to this Bengals team. If the Bengals can beat the Ravens by 30 points, oh, God, it's going to be a bloodbath against the Jets. <laughs> it is going to be. I mean, I, I feel bad for any Jets fans because it is going to be tough to yeah. watch that game tomorrow. Uh, Bengals, I think, easily moved to 6-2. and two. I am starting to think the Bengals are looking like an AFC top shooter when it comes down to it at the end of the season. I don't know. I don't think they're going to come out in the playoffs. I still think there's a lot of – I think the team's very young. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow's second year in the NFL. He is looking like a borderline MVP candidate at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jamar Chase, also a rookie. T. Higgins, second year. Tyler Boyd hasn't... I don't know if Tyler Boyd's played in the playoffs more than once. Uh, I think he might have been on that team with Andy Dalton that went there a couple years ago. But... I really like uh, Joe Burrow's <laughs> presence on that field. He is. Joe Burrow has... he His game from that year he went off at LSU just has not slowed down. Yeah, really. I mean, it's... Very impressive how good he is. 416 yards last game. That's that's impressive. Very yeah. impressive. That is very, very impressive. He, he's throwing yards like that almost every game. He's airing the ball out. and How long did he play last season for before he tore his ACL? Eight, Two, nine weeks maybe? Like three weeks? It was No, it was midway through the year, I'm pretty was it? sure. Yeah. It must have been. Gabe, Gabe can look that up. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look that you'll, up. You'll, you'll <laughs> interrupt. We'll, we'll move on to the Chiefs, and then we'll take a break and transition over to basketball. The Chiefs play the Giants on Monday night this week. The Chiefs, though, 3-4, and four, also getting blown out by the Titans last week. What's going on with the Chiefs? The Chiefs' defense has really looked abysmal, to be totally honest with you. The Chiefs not playing well at all. Uh, they're allowing a lot of points against. You know, when they played the Bills, the Bills let them up 38-20. to 20. Uh, the, the Eagles were able to put up 30 points on them. The Chargers beat them 30-24. to 24. The Ravens beat them 36-35. to 35. That was a close game, but still allowing a lot of points. Uh, they allowed 29 to the Browns. The lowest points they've allowed is 13 to Washington, but Washington's offense... Uh, 10 games. 10 games. Yeah. 10 games. 10 games. Ten, okay, 10 games he played? 10 for, games Okay, he played Joe for... Burrow played 10 games last year before he got hurt. He yeah. looked good in those 10 games. Yeah. Transitioning to the he's, Chiefs. He's, 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 go to the Chiefs. Here sorry, we go. I was curious. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. 
Now they play the Giants, coming off of really what it is a very embarrassing twenty-seven to three loss. Um, Gabe, what's your, what's what's wrong with the what's wrong with the Chiefs right now? People figure them out. The other teams have figured out their offense. They figure out their defense, and they've exposed them. And it's very blatantly obvious. I mean, you look at last week's game. I mean, like the the Chiefs were all over the place. Pat Mahomes didn't know what to do with himself. Like it, 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 they really have cracked the code because for the past two years, three years even. People were like, why is this Chiefs team so good? Like, why are they playing so well? Why are they going to the Super Bowl all the time? Well, it's because of how they play. Mm-hmm. And then once teams started figuring that out, then it's like, oh, okay, we can easily defend this team. Yeah. And it's and now, in 2021, people are like, yeah, okay, we we got you, Chiefs. Like, mm-hmm. we, you got to switch with the play. Yeah. And, and, you know, go ahead, Nick. They're, even their O-line, you know, okay, so the big knock on the Chiefs was the O-line. The O-line yeah. looked terrible in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. So, wonder what the Chiefs did. Went out and replaced every piece of the O line. Yeah, it is an entirely new O line. Every all five members of that offensive line were brought in this year, uh, this off season. I mean, and the O line hasn't played that well. Patrick Mahomes is getting pressured a lot, and a that's lot. why. And that's why you're seeing Patrick Mahomes make those interceptions. Uh, he's already passed his total from last year. He, he passed uh, that total. Two, yeah, yeah. Three weeks ago. Yeah, he yeah. passed it a couple weeks ago. Uh, Mahomes. He's not having the best year. I don't know if it's 100% his fault. A lot of those interceptions are coming off of drops uh, or, like, tipped passes from wide receivers. Tyree Kill's been, I'm pretty sure, uh, a cause of a few. Yeah. But it, the, seem, it just seems like it's all over the place. And the Chiefs, like, it it keeps going more and more downhill for the Chiefs. Yeah. So last year, I'm looking, I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes' his stats right now. In 2018, he threw 12 picks. That was the year he threw 50 touchdowns. That was the year he won MVP. He threw 12 picks that year. In 2019, he was hurt for a portion of the year, threw five interceptions. Last season, when he played the full year, threw only six. He's already at nine Jeez. Oh, boy. this year. He's 18 touchdowns and nine interceptions on the year so far. It's not a good... Uh... Not a great look. He's The ball is getting turned over a lot. As I said, I don't think you can 100% fully blame this on Mahomes no. uh, in terms of really what's happening in terms of the INTs, but it's definitely not great. And the Chiefs, they, they could be in some serious trouble, especially if the Chargers stay rolling. And the Chargers have looked really good this year. Chargers take first place in that Chargers have, Chargers are not even in first place right now in that division. The Raiders are at 5-2, and two, the Chargers are 4-2. and two, so. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And, you know, we look at tomorrow's game, Giants... Hosting, the Chiefs will be hosting the Giants at home, so that maybe yeah. that's a... The Giants are coming off of a win where they a win. they destroyed the Panthers. Yeah, but then you look into forward, I mean, this Chiefs team has a lot to go through in the next couple weeks. They have Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, then they got the Broncos, which is, yeah. you know... Raiders, Raiders again, again, Chargers, Chargers again, Steelers, Steelers, Bengals, back to the Broncos. To the Broncos. This so, is a really tough this is a back tough. part of their schedule, and it's really... Not to say it's sad they didn't get wins in the, t- in the front of the year, but their front half of the schedule, even though the front half wasn't easy, the back half looking even harder. This is going to be this these next couple weeks for the Chiefs are going to either going to be really really bad or are going to be like okay this Chiefs team is back that's yeah. it and we'll find out we'll have an answer soon but we'll take a break first before we get that answer you know where you're listening this is on the clock here on VIC Radio. Don't go anywhere. Here are a few brief messages. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement 
and the victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We have heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Find your comfiest chair, grab your coldest beverage, and relax. Every Tuesday night, 8 to 10 o'clock, with me, DJ Dog, on the kickback on VIC Radio. We'll be listening to the best of classic rock, so tune in. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Have you ever wanted to look back? Maybe you're searching for a memory and just can't find the right one. You just, you're so close to remembering, but then you forget. Well, I'm DJ Dog, and every Tuesday night, 8 to 10 o'clock, I am here to help you walk down that memory lane with a little help from some classic rock hits. Everything from Black Sabbath to Aerosmith to Simon and Garfunkel. We will be taking a look at all the hits. So grab a beverage, find your lazy boy, set it to recline, and tune in. The Kickback on VIC Radio. Welcome back to On the Clock with myself, your host, Gabe Baltier, alongside me, Nick Lebrano, and our special guest, Noah Scott. So, let's talk some NBA. The New York Knicks, now 4-1, and one, playing the Pelicans tonight. Nick, let's get your initial thoughts on this game. The, the Knicks... Uh... Just before we get into the game, let's just talk about the Knicks. What they've done this year, you know, four and one, first place in the Eastern Conference. That's a huge one right there. They are two and one at home. They are perfect on away games. Traveling down to the Big Easy tonight to play the Pelicans. You know, the, this Knicks team, they they look like they ha- now have the missing pieces they lacked last year. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of pressure, especially in the back half of the year on Derrick Rose. Well, you know what? That pressure isn't there anymore because they got Kemba Walker. And you want to know what Kemba Walker's playing good basketball again. That's a huge one. And then Julius Randle isn't being fully relied on to carry the weight of points because now he can focus on rebounds, looking how he played against the Bulls. You know, he missed those free throws at the end of the game, but still had a monster double-double game. 16 boards, 9 assists, and 13 points. He was literally one assist from a triple-double on that game. RJ Barrett with 20 points. Mitchell Robinson's back with those four, with that 40 pounds of muscle added on him. He's been an anchor. For the, he's been an anchor for the Knicks so far, and Evan Fournier, uh, really looking like such an improvement over. He's in the Reggie Bullock spot, mm-hmm. and he is such an improvement over Reggie Bullock. It's not even funny when Evan Fournier <laughs> finds his three ball, when, finds his three ball, and it's over. He's it's gonna over, make it. Man. Uh, this team is so good, and let's also talk about the emergence of Obi Toppin. Uh, Obi Toppin's played so well so far this year when he's seeing action and minutes because. Dude, his vert's just nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, verticals so crazy. It's it's insane because you know we remember Obi Toppin. I believe he was a rookie last year. Yeah, and he, he got some minutes. He wasn't playing a crazy amount, but he he was playing some. But this year, I mean, wow, like he is really going. And he's kind of like that sneaky kind of, you know, he'll he'll come into the game like maybe like you know second quarter or so, and then we'll just start popping off. Yeah, and everyone's like, where where is it? who's this kid? You know, because you have like Julius Randle, you got Fournier, you got Barrett, you got. Walker, all those guys out there, Rose, and then all of a sudden, Toppin comes in, and you're like, whoa, 
Like you, you, you have another. Like this, this. Where is this kid coming from? So I think this Knicks team is. They're, they're, you know, they're serious right now. Like they're not, they're not messing around. You know, against the Bulls, close game, one hundred four to one hundred three. So a little bit. If you're a Knicks fan, that's kind mm-hmm. of a little. Too close for comfort. Yeah, too close for comfort. Exactly. But I think what it came down to, the Knicks could not close out in that game. Like, yeah. That you can't expect the Knicks to play well in every game. The Knicks did play well for the majority of the Bulls game, but when it came down to the end of the fourth quarter. The Knicks just couldn't make their free throws. Yeah. And it really allowed the Bulls to start coming back. And, you know, the Bulls outscored the Knicks 30 to 22 in the third, in the fourth quarter. Uh, you obviously, the f- fourth quarter is so important, especially in close games. You don't, you don't want to be the team getting outscored yeah, exactly. in the fourth quarter. Uh, Knicks still found a way to hold on in the end, but Knicks toward the end of the game, just could, especially Julius Randle, just could not make those free throws to win them the game against the Bulls. Well, they did end up winning the game against the Bulls, but. Randall, free throw shooting needs to be better. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, I mean, he, his free throws weren't terrible. I mean, you, you go back to their first game oh, no, uh, against the Celtics. He, he was nailing the three throws. Like, you know, so he, he's got it. He's, yeah. he, sometimes you have an off game, and that's okay. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think the biggest statement win by the Knicks so far this year, you know, we're only five games in, but when they beat the 76ers, 112 to 99 at home in front of that home crowd, uh, the Knicks looked fantastic that game it's finally exciting to watch the knicks again i feel like bing bong bing bong (laughs) the rally cry of the knicks the rally cry of the knicks this season is bing bong that's the most telling thing ever it's just it's just nice to have winning basketball in new york yeah because the nets aren't a real new york team they don't actually have a fan base yeah i mean i've never actually met a net fan yeah i don't plan on ever meeting a net (laughs) fan because they don't exist they don't exist Exactly, but you know, I think you're right, Nick. Like this, and, and Noah, like this team is actually interesting. To pl- like, you want to watch them play. Like yeah. now, they're they're not one and four; they're, no, four, they're and four, one. four and one. I hate to say it, I I am a Knicks fan, and I for the past few seasons, you know, when they were in the dirt, I wasn't like, oh, let me watch the Knicks game. Now it's coming to that point where they're a very entertaining team to watch, and you, yeah. see, you see the chemistry on the court. It's just like I I always love to see those graphics on MSG where they're <laughs> like they show you the starting lineup of the Knicks like four years ago, and they show you the starting lineup today. And it's like it's nuts. It's crazy like how crazy different the starting lineup is between those two teams now, and how much better the team's gotten as a whole. Um, and I'm really happy to see the Knicks improve. Uh, they're going to be a playoff team again this year, I'd, barring any like crazy injury, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fingers on. crossed, yeah. knock on wood. <laughs> but it's going to be tough, especially look when you look when you look at the the standings in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks are going to see the Bulls again. Yeah. The Bulls yeah. are going to be – they play the same kind of basketball the Knicks play as well. So the Bulls are going to be one of those teams that are going to be toe-to-toe with the Knicks all year. The Heat are going to be really good this year. They're still going to have to play the Bucks. They're still going to have to play the Hawks. Uh, the 76ers could be back in the playoffs. And then, of course, you're going to have the Nets-Knicks rivalry. That's a that's a statement that is 100% going to be a thing. And especially if James Harden can get his stuff back together, the Nets are going to be a good team because Kevin Durant is playing well, even though the Nets are 3-3 three and three right now. As we yeah. said, it's early. The Knicks have only played five games you out of never 82. Know. Yeah, so it's, 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 a very, it's still very early. But right now, if you're a Knicks fan, it's looking pretty good. That being said, they do. They, I feel like when watching the Knicks, they do have pride in how they're playing. And even when they're going up the, against these teams, like you said, Nick, the the Bucks and the uh, 76ers again, even when they play the Bulls again, I think they have a sense of respect up on themselves now. They show that they can play well yeah. and that they can t- continue to play well even against har- uh, harder teams. There's also motivation to play the Knicks oh, always. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Teams, teams like beating the Knicks because you're always on a national stage. Like you beat, beat the Knicks. Yeah. The Knicks are just like 
but it's that team. That it's, being said, the Pelicans, uh, it's gonna be an easy. Yeah, I think. I uh, think I'm not even worried about yeah. that tomorrow. If you, I think the Pelicans are. It's that that I. That's gonna be easy one for the next. Yeah, the Pelicans one are sitting five, pretty at one and, and have, five. Have they <laughs> sit pretty at one and five? And I don't think they've won a game at home yet. So, uh, Knicks yeah. play there tomorrow. Uh, tonight. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Knicks play there tonight, and you know they got. Superstar Zion Williamson. Well, he's superstar in the making, Zion Williamson. He is going to be a star. Uh, he's going to be a superstar, buddy. Yeah, well, if he loses some weight. No offense. But, like, <laughs> it's just, like, it, he... There's been so many rumors. I'm not rumors. It, it's facts um, about him, like... Like, you know, he was, I think it was like two did, something. Did two? he gain like 50 pounds before yeah. the start of the season? Something yes. like that. Yes. Like, it's, it's insane. And Zion's, <clears throat> oh my God. Wait, no, I might take it back. He needs to lose some weight. He's currently 370. That's what I see. And he's, and he's, that's what I see. And he's only 6'6, I want to say. Yeah. That's, he's 6'6. He's 6'6, 317. Tall compared yeah. to other players. No, no, he he came into the league, I believe, uh, at 260, 255, 260, something along those lines. From Duke, and now he's, I mean, like, I, I saw an Instagram post the other day. I was like, holy cow, that cannot be true. Zion, when he entered his rookie season, was 280. So he's holy gained almost 40 pounds. 40 pounds. I like to think that most of it's muscle. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. I, I think so, too. I'm put, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. I think it's muscle. And you know what? He's still showing that he still has a good game to, yeah. to his size. But looking towards the future. Oh, Zion hasn't even been playing. Really? Yeah, he's I an injury. Back everything I said. Yeah. But I'm saying, looking to the future and looking to the size that he is now, I don't expect that to hold up. Yeah. That just, takes a toll on your body. He just looks like a, he just looks like a fat Charles Barkley. Basically, <laughs> that's exactly what he looks like. That's basically what he looks like. He looks like Charles Barkley once Charles Barkley stopped playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. So that's exactly. So he looks like Charles Barkley now, <laughs> not Charles Barkley in his prime. Charles, Charles Barkley, Barkley now on TNT. Today. Yeah, on TNT now. Yeah, look, Zion had a great year last year. He has not, as we said, he has not played a game yet this season for the Pelicans. Is he injured? Uh, he's a foot injury. Um, but looking at how he played last year, you know, twenty he averaged twenty seven a game last year. That's very impressive. Um, so, and then know. in his rookie year, even though he only played like the back half of the year, he only played twenty four games, so that was twenty two and a half points. So the kid can score. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens when he comes back this year. I'm I expecting do... mid season, maybe later for his. He he has no track of coming back right now. Yeah. We will see. Just because of his injuries. And he's only 21. He's got he's got an entire yeah. Him and R.J. Barrett played together, and want to know what I think R.J. Barrett's making his presence felt a little more known on the court. Yeah, than, or, than Zion is obviously. I don't think R.J. is going to be scoring the points that Zion is because Zion's the primary option when he's on the court for the Pelicans. Yeah. There's no one else there. But you know what? I'd it's rather, him and Brandon Ingram. I'd rather not have just one scorer on the Knicks. I like yeah. I like to see that diversity being played. You oh no, it's a better way to build a basketball ball. team yeah. because you have multiple options. We, we've we've had you know people that uh carried the team so much like you know Carmelo Anthony in the past and I'd like to see a team that is built around each other not just one person yeah yeah all right well that'll do it for our recap of the NBA next we got some NHL so Wait, stick with excited. us yeah no, hockey expert exactly Noah Scott here in the studio with us so stick around you're listening to VIC Bringing to you, the listeners of the good old VIC, the super sounds of the cinema. And from 11 to midnight, at the movies, we'll keep on trucking. The best music film history has to offer. From highlighting directors to showing off soundtracks and scores, at the movies is the place for hearing the songs you love from the silver spring. But I know you've heard all this jazz already, so I'll wrap it up quick. 
because as the great Roy Shatter once said, it's showtime, folks. Let's roll. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Ladies and gentlemen, this is DJ K. Billy with DJ Double G bringing to you the super sounds of the cinema here on At The Movies for the V.I.C. Stop by for the best music film history has to offer every Friday from 11 to midnight. It's important to make sure your family has a plan in case of an emergency. We talked to this family to see if each of them knew where to meet if they were not together when something happened. If a natural disaster happened and we were outside the home, we would all meet at the park. That's our meeting point. I meet places at our neighbor's house because she is my mom's good friend. We all have a meeting spot, which is a bus stop. Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to ready.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. Want to jam out with DJ Baloo? Tune in to Jar Jam every Sunday, 9 to 10 on BIC Radio. At BIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. You are back on the clock here on VIC Radio. I'm your host, Nick Lebrano. Alongside me, my co-host, Gabe Baltier, and our special guest, Noah Scott, self-proclaimed hockey expert. You never proclaimed it. We <laughs> went through a tough application process to find our hockey expert, and we had many applicants. Yes, we did. But Noah claiming that he was a self-proclaimed hockey expert, yeah. it was that's what pushed it over the edge, and now Noah's on the show. So, Noah, yes. give us some hockey expertise. Hockey expertise. Talk um, about the New York Rangers. Oh, uh, the New York Rangers. What is there not to talk about right now? <laughs> Ever since, you know, we signed Gerard Gallant as a head coach, the Rangers have looked like a completely different team. Even during preseason, the first time I looked at them on the ice and I saw the, uh, the new formations they are pulling, I was incredibly impressed. That being said, we did have a, I want to say, a little rocky start to the beginning of the season. Um, <clears throat> we did lose 5-1 and one to the uh, Rangers first. Uh, I mean, 5-1 and one to the Capitals that first game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... I'm just talking that up to uh, first game jitters, yeah. if you will. Yeah. We uh, went to overtime against the Stars up, uh, during our first home game. And, uh, you know, it was a really a tough game. Uh, I didn't like the way the Stars uh, scored that first goal. But that being said, we went on a one, two, three, four, uh, a four-game win streak on the road. And then we lost to Calgary. But that was because they were the most intense team I, w- I want to say we played since the Capitals. And, um, you know, Blue Jackets last night, 4-0, and uh, third shutout for Sturkin. And I want to say that it's uh, it's it's looking up. Tomorrow we play the Kraken, and uh, my hot take, I've said it to you guys multiple times during my application process, uh, that they are a bottom three team in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, but, I mean, that's, this is what you get when you get a, an expansion team. Like, they're, they're not going to be good. It's, you're not always going to get a Vegas guy. The Vegas Golden, Golden Knights, Knights are like an anomaly. That is yeah. an outlier. The no Golden Knights are that. a complete outlier. They had, fun fact, Gerard Gallant as their head coach yeah. when they went to the Cup their first ever season. And when you look at the expansion draft picks for the Kraken, they were picking old players. Uh, they were definitely uh, looking to the future, and I guarantee in the year 2024, 2025, 
they will be a better contender in the NHL. Yeah. But that being said, these are going to be two rocky seasons for the Kraken, and I'm surprised they have the fan base that they do have. Yeah, and even looking at last night's win, you know, the Rangers beat the Blue Jackets for zip. Uh, Rangers looked good last night. You know, Adam Fox, uh, three assists, three total point games, two shots on goal for him. Artemi Panarin, also three assists. Chris Kreider, yeah. two goals. Chris Kreider, two goals, but his season total was six. All, what are we, like, we're eight games into the year, and Chris Kreider has six goals already. Uh, Lafreniere also got another goal last night. Niels Lundqvist with his one of his first NHL points and assists last night as well for him. And Ryan, and Ryan Strom, Strom with a goal. First first game back. Yeah, first game back from the COVID yeah, list. I want to say first game back. You know, it's it's impressive to see that they are putting the shots they are on goal that they are. Uh, last time I checked uh, when I was looking at the game, they had 39 shots compared to the 22 shots that uh, the Blue Jackets put Yeah, on. so Shesterkin had 37, 31 saves. 37, I'm sorry. And then we put up 30, we put up 37 shots against. And they only put up 31. We shut them out. And that's Shesterkin's first shutout of the season, something he needed to get under his belt, obviously. You always want that first shutout under your belt. But Especially Igor this Sh- early in the season, I yeah. want to mention. Igor Shosturkin, a 20, 25 years old goaltender, taking over a huge, huge job after Henrik Lundqvist leaves, mm-hmm. and he's living up to expectations. Uh, third career shutout for Shosturkin <laughs> uh, last night, and he has played any pretty much the way you'd want him to play. Mm-hmm. He's been phenomenal this year, uh, and looking like a top goalie in the NHL for the most part. He... Ever since he's been on the Rangers, Shesterkin's been impactful. He's made an impact. It, it's been crazy, and considering he was like a fifth, sixth round pick, yeah. Uh, the fact they were able to develop him this well, you know, from Russia, pretty crazy, pretty well, crazy L- stuff. Henrik Lundqvist himself was a seventh, eighth round pick. Yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, I we do talk about this, uh, you know, when obviously when you're not here. Yeah. Uh, hockey drafts are pick and choose. I mean, our Temi Panarin went undrafted to the Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, and like, if you are the first overall, like, look, if you so, are the first overall pick, you are expected to be an. Oh no, no, player. most definitely. Like, Alexis Lafreniere is going to be expected to be an impactful player in his entire career, and Kako, you know, he was a second overall pick. He's expected to be impactful. Well, let's talk about that for a second. You had a hot Noah has a hot take on, uh, on Kako, uh, Kapo Kako is not as good as people say he is, and I fully believe that we don't need him. Uh, he got injured, and I hate to say it, uh, we didn't miss him. We did what, not. There, there. I, what I are agree. We gotta move him for. We don't know. I'm not saying we need to move him. I say he needs to pick it up. This is his third season. No, no, NHL. he needs to pick it up. I, Last season he did nothing. There are I hate two, to say it. in my opinion, there are far too many Ranger fans that are always like, yeah, we need to move Kako. We need to start I trading was, players. I want to say I was never that guy yeah, you until, were never, until three and like, days ago. <laughs> dude, and I don't know. I, there's so many Ranger fans that are like saying that they just want Eichel, and I could not tell you why anyone, Eichel. any team really want Jack Eichel right Eichel's now. Eichel's going to the Golden Knights, in my opinion. He's just, it's just, He's I mean, it's, 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 he's not he, even gonna play this year. He, he's here's the thing: is like, yes, Kako's he, he, a good player. Mm-hmm. He's a, he, like when he came to the Rangers, like this is gonna be the kid that's gonna help us win games. And you look at this season; it's like we've been winning games without him. Uh, like he, the Rangers have been winning games without him. Yeah, it, it is early in the season. I want to mention that he is yeah, a good eight player. Games he into did the year. get hurt, but when we he wasn't on the ice, I feel like his presence was not his presence yeah. was not missed. Yeah. Like if you and this is an example here. If you look, if you go to the I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this. The New Jersey Devils. You go, you go over there and you look at Jack Hughes. 
he is making an impact. You see it. Like he is yeah. injured. He is injured, but like if you go back like last season and beginning a little bit of beginning of this season, he he, he makes an impact. You feel he's his going, presence. He's going to be a great player. Yes, he's yeah. going to be a great player. You feel it Nico on the Fischer ice. Nico Fisher also has the first overall pick a couple of years back, right before Jack Hughes. I'm pretty sure. Uh, he he's he's made his impact felt. He yeah. when he is healthy. Also, he's another one who does. He is very prone to injuries. Uh, but when he sure is on the ice, you know, he is their captain. Yeah, I mean, so you, you feel their presence. And to Noah's point, it's like, with Kyle Go, you don't, you don't feel his presence. I do want to say it was his first game back yesterday, and right when he got on the ice, he tried to take a shot on goal. He is showing... I think Kaco's yeah. looked more aggressive. I think Kako yeah. has looked more aggressive this season than he has been. Is because Gerard Gallant actually like believes in him. Yeah. I don't think like Quinn did. Quinn did not yeah. believe Quinn in him. Quinn didn't believe in anyone. Oh. Um, <laughs> he he was way too focused of saying staying in the locker room than going out on the ice with the players. Yeah. And I I I thank uh, Gallant that he is doing what he's doing. The lines that he is producing, and he moved Chris Kreider, a left wing center, to right wing. Yeah, he's he's experimenting in the beginning of the season. Sure, you can look at preseason, but you could tell that they are they are working on the future. And I'm I'm gonna call it they are going to go to the playoffs this year. Uh, I don't really think there's an excuse for the Rangers not to be a playoff yeah. team. You know, you look at the roster top down. You know, you got a Norris Trophy winner in your in your defense and Adam an a, Fox, but... and he's super young as well. There, uh, you got. So many other players, you know, Artemi Panarin is a heart trophy contender every year. Chris Kreider, who is really the heart and soul of this Ranger team right yeah. now. I'm very upset he's not captain. Alexis Lafreniere, <laughs> who, who has looked very good this year. And everyone was trying to write him off after his rookie season and a COVID a, it year. Was yeah. a bad, it was a bad season to be a rookie. I don't oh, yeah. That. Come on. And then, you know, Neil Lundqvist has looked really good. Young rookie defenseman mm-hmm. who... Super high expectations out of Sweden. And then Ryan Strom's back. We know what the deal is with him. Sammy Blaze has looked really good. You I'm, know, I'm glad the we Rangers... picked up him. I'm glad we picked up uh, Nemeth on defense. I'm still not uh, sold on Barkley Goodrow. I, yeah, I, was, I was about to say, I don't care about Barkley Goodrow. <laughs> um, I do, I'm glad we re-signed Zibinijad. I know that's old news, but it's my first time on the show. Uh, yeah. He's a very reliable player. Yeah. He's a good player. He's a great uh, first-string centerman because, you know, we do have Panarin on the second line. Obviously, we're not going to stack our first line. Yeah. But that being said, you know, he's a reliable player, and I think he deserves to stay on this team. Yeah. I mean, you look at this team on paper, you're like, this could, this is a playoff team. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, there should be no questions about it. The amount of talent and, and quality they have on this team, I mean, the, the Rangers – should be a contender for the playoffs, no question. They are yeah. out there, and they are they are looking for blood. And yeah. like. you know, I said it. I said it on radio. I've said it for years that the Rangers need to check more. They need to hit more. They just need to be a more aggressive team. You and know, when teams we went sign? and played, you know, we signed Ryan. The yeah, Rangers yeah. signed Ryan Reeves, and you just look at what the Rangers have done uh, in terms of how they've rebuilt this team in this off season. How they've tried to create a new identity for themselves. Let's be honest, teams were not afraid to play the Rangers when they yeah, were playing them. No. The Rangers we, were, we were like a fin- one of those league. finesse hockey teams that yeah. are just going to try to outshoot you. Uh, and you know what? One of the teams that are winning the cup, they're not teams that are doing that. The teams that can combine the finesse with the hitting, and that's what the Rangers are trying to work on now. They added the hitting, and now they just need to combine the sh- the scoring with the physical attribute of hockey. And once you get both down, you know, your team's usually on lock. I do not remember Truba being this aggressive. Was he this aggressive? Truba is, Truba's always been like, one of our been, big hitters. It's been picking up. Yeah, uh, Truba's I mean, always been one of the Rangers' big hitters. You could tell, I mean, against the Calgary Flames, they are a very aggressive team themselves, but you could tell people aren't 
aren't worried about the Rangers as they yeah. used to be. People used to walk into you know MSG and be like, okay, we could just check these guys across the boards. What are they going to do? We did have a very skinny team. Loft put on, I want to say, 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah, Loft looks bigger. Season. Dude, Keandre Miller's huge Keandre Miller also. is huge on the ice. He is mm-hmm. a fantastic presence. Fox, another big defenseman. Uh, Ryan Reeves, he just goes out there and he... He just bullies. Mm-hmm. You could tell that they were getting a little cocky on the ice, which, they I mean, they need to be. Yeah. Yesterday when they were playing the Blue Jackets, Chris Kreider mouthing off to uh, the uh, Elvis Scully. Um, it's, it's, it's funny to watch them. It's fun to watch them because I fully see them in the future still being this aggressive. Yeah, and look, four minutes left on the show right now. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the NHL as a whole really briefly. Looking over at the Western Conference, you know, there are still three teams there's still two teams in the Western Conference without wins. The only two teams in the NHL without wins. They go by the names of the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> and the Chicago Blackhawks. The Blackhawks and the Coyotes have yet to win a game this year. The Blackhawks have two overtime losses. So that's going to give them two points. And the Coyotes have one overtime loss. That's going to give them one point. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but they're, really. they're just, it's surprising because the Coyotes were not a bad team last year. They they were a little they were I were expe- I was expecting them to be a mid a mid level sample. Yeah, they're getting. Yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at the the stat line across all their games this year, and they are like every game is like brutal. Can I, I mean, propose a question to you guys? What's yes. up? What's up? Because yes. as Mr. as a guest, I'm genu- I'm genuinely curious. Who's the most surprising team in the NHL for you guys right now? Right now, I'm gonna go with the Hurricanes sitting at seven and zero and perfect. Rod Brindamore has this team playing their booties off right now. Uh, and the Hurricanes are flying. You know, you look at their stat line in their last couple games, just the scoring breakdown. You know, they beat the Blackhawks. Obviously, we just said the Blackhawks haven't won six to three, and then they beat the Bruins three to zero. They beat the Maple Leafs four to one. They destroyed the Blue Jackets five to one. They beat the Canadians four to one. So uh, there, these games aren't close. The closest game they play this year is the is the Predators three to two. And the Predators are yeah. that great of a team. Yeah, but the Hurricanes are rolling right now, and I just got to say, Rod Brindamore, man, it's a great thing they re-signed him because he's a fantastic head coach for their bench. Yeah, well, for me, it's got to be the Panthers. I mean, I could be wrong here, mistaken fan, but, I mean, 8-0, like, that's, that's, impressive. that's impressive. Yeah. For a team that I did not think was going to be 8-0. Yeah, especially because the Panthers, are, like, they are not one of those teams that are just, like, on paper, like, yeah. super talent-filled. It's because it's they, they shine, uh, signed Joe Thornton. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It, but it, it's like it's it, really, it, it honestly comes down to Alexander Barkov. Yeah. Alexander oh, Barkov's yeah. playing really good, and they also have Anthony Duclair now. So I mean, like that's the team that I was like. I mean, we talked about them last week. They're like, you know, oh, this is like this Panthers team is actually like undefeated right now. And then all of a sudden, now eight and zero. It's like this is pretty they're still impressive. undefeated. And it's been still a week. undefeated. It's, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> and pretty impressive. Very impressive. You know, you just look at like you just look. It's you look at the Panthers and just I think it's really funny. Because the fa- the Panthers, even when they're in the playoffs, can't sell out arenas. Florida's not a big hockey. <laughs> no, hockey we, we don't state. need another expansion. Yeah, well, we except for yeah, that's yeah. what I've been saying for years. That, that's why I was I did not understand when the NHL expanded into Seattle. They could have just moved the Coyotes or the Panthers. Yeah, neither team can sell a game at, at all. I so believe- why don't you just move one of the two franchises that are they're. Especially, like, look, no one's going to go... Uh, people might go play for the Panthers because of how just tax laws work in Florida. Yeah. And it's Florida. But, like, no one's going to play for the Coyotes. No, no. The Coyotes the are never going to be able to attract a star-free agent there. So just move the franchise instead of having to just lose money every year. Literally. But th- that's why Bettman is one of the worst commissioners in sports. <laughs> we can get into that a different day. But wrapping it up, we got 50 seconds remaining here on the show. Hot takes of the week. Gabe, you go first. Then, Noah, I'll end it. 
Uh, I'm going to go, this is kind of crazy, but I'm going to go for football, NFL, the Chiefs, and the Giants is going to be a close game, and the Chiefs are going to come out on top. Even though it's the Giants, they might lose, but I think it's the Chiefs are going to be on top. Hot All take right. for me. No, what's your hot take? Uh, it's not going to be the week. It's going to be the entire season in the <laughs> NHL. Uh, the Kraken still going to be a bottom three team. I don't expect anything out of them, and I hope in the future they get better. All right, and you know, my hot take of the week, Chargers fall to the Patriots Ooh. on Sunday. Mac Jones over 350 passing yards. That, that's that's a that's a big one. Yeah. Mac Jones impressed me last week. I'm not gonna lie. Even though they're like, look, they just they, they, it was the Jets for the Pats, but Mac Jones looked really good, and it was a decimation before the 13, man. But that's gonna do it here for on the clock here on VIC Radio. Make sure you tune into VIC Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. for your best sport discussion and analysis for Gay Baltierra and. Our special hockey Thank guest. Thank you guys for having me. No problem, no. Our special hockey guest, Noah Scott. I'm Nick Lebrano. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy football tomorrow, everybody. Peace.